Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out to practice. With your host, Keith Burney. That host singular. I felt bad. <laughs> I guess Mike's here too. Way back in high school, most every night. My it's hard to say, host. DC, so Is it? There was no Doesn't matter. Nobody can hear over the glaring theme song anyway. Sounds fine in post. I'm 40. Yep. I'm almost there, man. Running as fast as I can to catch you. And welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, going episode by episode through David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. How's it going, Mike? It's a day off, I guess, they say. Can't tell the difference anymore. It's going well. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you for your service to everyone who has in the past or is currently serving our country in Truly. any way, shape, or form, which that service takes a lot of different forms these days, doesn't it, my friend? It sure does. It sure does. And uh, we are serving nothing and no one. So thank you to all of the, all of the world who are. <laughs> that is true. Uh we do a podcast every week where we discuss David E. Kelly's classic drama. Drama? On occasion. Drama. Yeah, drama. Although Definitely sometimes, drama. sometimes uh, genre-bending <laughs> episodes of The Practice. We are on season four, episode seven, Victimless Crimes. Keith, how are things in Cape May, New Jersey? Well, they're, uh, they're okay. You know, it's certainly... For Memorial Day, we're seeing a lot more people down here, which is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit scarier, but nothing like what you're going through with Queens. So we are all carefully running through the town, avoiding people like zombies. Uh, but uh, but I, I, I will say uh, I had a fantastic birthday with uh, with everybody. Uh, Jillian assembled a whole like 22 minute long video of all of my friends and family and loved ones sending me video messages, which was so sweet and so great. I laughed hysterically and cried hysterically the entire time. And uh, we had uh, the other thing that she did that I really enjoyed was she tried to set up an impromptu water fight because that is what we how we celebrated my father's 40th birthday. Yes, you like mentioned that, I believe. It's like a uh, yeah, it's like a family story. So she she sort of like blindfolded me, went on the deck, and she handed me a squirt gun. And I had my eyes closed, but I figured I could tell what it was. And I'm like, "Huh, this trigger isn't 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 real. It's fake." And so she's filming me with her squirt gun. Mm. And it's one of those ones you have to sort of pump with your with your other hand. And so because she was filming me, she handed me a loaded gun and then couldn't operate her own. So mm. I chased her all over Cape May, and she had no way to defend herself because the trigger's fake. The other thing that we did, uh, we did a little toast and a happy birthday sing via the Zoom, the Zoom meetings. 
And it was kind of interesting. I have never, as long as I've known you, I've never spoken to you and your entire family at the same time. It was like being invited to a little Varney reunion. uh, And your your best friend from childhood growing up, I'm sorry, I forget his name. Nate. Nate was there. It was really cool to uh, see the uh, VIP Varney clan. Yeah, it was it it really was uh it's a it's a strange thing to have all those people in the same room at the same time. Well, um, especially your brothers. The three of the three brothers being uh, seeing you all <laughs> exist concurrently was like it kind of blew my mind a bit. It it's troubling for everyone, I'm sure. Entirely different, entirely the same at the same time. Oh my god, yes. I mean, <laughs> it's it's crazy. We're all like loud snarky know-it-alls but in different genres well and not only that but of course everybody you know covid comes up in every conversation these days we're talking about it talking about it, talking about it but your brother isn't saying anything and then it the the information is dropped that your brother is a virologist yeah so yeah, like he... why is anyone saying anything but him <laughs> i know he's a microbiologist <laughs> he literally designs viruses <laughs> Like he can make a mouse glow in the dark using a virus. It's uh, some crazy shit that he does. It was cool. Anyway, it was cool. And, you know, I'm sure you've been keeping your eyes peeled on the social media. More listeners have written in some really quippy comments on both Instagram and Facebook. So we thank everybody for writing in. But I don't know why I'm thanking people for you. I'll let you do that. No, no, I no, no seriously. And I <laughs> between that and Facebook and I, I'm... <sighs> I think I said this last last week that uh, for someone who is medically uh, compelled to call attention to himself, I get really bashful about this kind of attention. So, uh, but I very very much appreciate it. I will try to get back to everybody individually on both cases. But I had to take a day. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little overwhelming, as beautiful and wonderful as it is, but I thank you all. You know, as you get older, as I've gotten older, I'm sure you agree, you start to recognize your own insignificance in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> and so it's always that much more moving when you realize that you still, even dis- despite that insignificance, you are still significant to a good number of people. It's always a little yeah. humbling. No, and it's... and and. Uh, <laughs> For for the clinical psychologists in our audience, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, I, and it's it, it is harder for me. It's profoundly harder for me to accept uh, love from people based on who I am versus what I do. I'm intensely uncomfortable with that, which is probably doesn't speak well for my mental health. But it is something I'm working through. So, uh, but this this was a this was a really uh, magical birthday, and I thank everybody for participating. What way to work on it, as Keith says, than to pursue your midlife crisis by podcasting about a twenty-one-year-old television show? So let's go ahead and drop the needle on. Okay, we have heard from a whole bunch of people, <laughs> one of whom, one of our, our latest founding supporter, CloudLover69, who writes on Instagram, Happy birthday, Keith. I hope your advanced age will bring you the wisdom to appreciate the changing of the weather. Well, uh, I definitely 
appreciate the changing of the weather in present tense. I can see the changing of the weather uh, with of myself, and the weather's not getting better. But uh, I am appreciating the changes. I'm still working on whether or not I care about it from 21 years ago. Yeah, well, you got to know but, where you came from to, to understand where you're going, buddy. Yes, yes. Uh, we also <laughs> heard from <laughs> we heard from Jadian's Dream, who wrote hashtag No Birthday Candles This Year, which uh, is actually a really good point that I considered when dealing with my birthday cake. It's like the tradition of everybody blowing your breath and spit onto every birthday cake and then everybody eating it at the same time, blowing out the candles. That might be a thing that disappears like handshakes. Uh, I hadn't but, even considered it. And now I'm a little afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want a piece of cake? I got I got some. Got some left. It's OK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, Cody Y16, just on uh, on unrelated to my birthday, just gave a little heart to Lucy because yeah, well. uh, everybody hearts Lucy. And okay, so we also have an uh, oh, I've got to find the jingle. There it is. Your honor, that verdict was scrap. We have an appeal from our good friend Phoenix Cage, mm. who writes uh, about the last episode, which was uh, season four, episode six, entitled "Marooned," uh, talking about it was a it was a case about the. Uh, the woman who had been molested as a child who killed her mother in uh, in a PTSD flashback. And we uh, loved that part, but hated the end where she had another one and killed her sister at the end. But Phoenix writes in with some very interesting points. Uh, he says, I don't disagree with your overall assessment of the ending. I'm also going to try to prove that I can read this time. Yeah, you. This the, is rede redemption. Redemption. Song. I'm going for redemption. Like I hadn't eaten, and I like it was absolutely nothing to do with what Brandon wrote. It was about my own fritzing brain. Uh, anyway. For the record, you will be revisiting the character of Locale Keith uh, <laughs> when we get to this oopsie spectacular. We will trust me when I say we'll be hearing from Locale Keith again. Oh no! Oh no! Low blood sugar Keith. That's bad. <laughs> diet Keith is nobody wants Diet Keith. <laughs> what was Mike called? Uh, uh, my Laffy Mike. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Nyquil Mike. Nyquil Mike and Locale Keith will be. Oh, we need like a sitcom. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so Phoenix says, <clears throat> I don't disagree with the overall assessment of the ending. It was emotionally manipulative in order to be sensational. But let's explore it from a clinical perspective. Please. There is a psychological defense mechanism that causes people who survive trauma to compartmentalize the thoughts, feelings, and even memories that would interfere with their everyday life. I believe that Jan was holding on to anger and resentment at her mother for not intervening, and it was locked away for many years in her subconscious. I strongly suspect that she never had the closure of expressing her long-repressed feelings to her father, so they became entangled with her anger towards her mother. This can happen to a degree to anyone who avoids connecting with their feelings. And I, I thought that... I mean, yes, absolutely, of course. And I, I, I thought the episode represented that part pretty well. 
actually that in in terms of like the the main case um I, I, that's the part that i i thought made a lot of sense he continues Jan had to consolidate the cognitive dissonance created by holding on to two very strong yet opposed feelings towards her mother. When the anger became too much to contain, her mind switched over and she lost control, finding out that her sister was also abused and thus betrayed her by not stepping in. It may have set a time bomb in her mind, which shortly after the trial triggered the second PTSD episode. I think that makes... Yeah, I see it. He continues, by now... You've realized that your earlier guess was right. My education is indeed in clinical psychology. However, my takeaway from the ending of this episode was actually quite different than yours. Before the podcast, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of what David Kelly was, uh, was saying about people with PTSD. He was a lawyer. So I was thinking he was trying, uh, uh, thinking about what he was trying to say about the legal system. This is the second episode, second client in a row that went on to kill someone after our characters recognized their issues. Are they culpable for their inaction? Certainly we can assign some blame to Bobby for simply taking Raymond Oz back home after finding him in the court bathroom. But then there's also the legal system that set both him and Jan free. Was David Kelly trying to show that there are gray areas where simply sending someone to jail or sending someone to freedom doesn't work? Should our criminal justice system look deeper than the black and white in terms of guilty or not guilty. I believe the solution lies in changing our perspective from one of uh, retributive, <laughs> retributive justice to one of restorative justice. For thousands of years, we've been educated to think in terms of what we are, the labels that make us deserving of reward or punishment. But people like psychologist Marshall Rosenberg and the theologian Walter Wink have argued that we should instead shift our focus in thinking in terms of feelings and needs. A lot to unpack there, but I think he makes a very good point from the perspective of the show. And I hadn't actually tied the two together. In fact, I, I, I think I wasn't giving... I think maybe Phoenix is giving uh, David E. Kelly a little bit more credit than I was by having these back-to-back clients that murdered somebody after uh, being defended by Bobby and in terms of talking about their culpability, which I thought was in there, but I didn't focus it. I focused it on from the perspective of the victim with PTSD. Um, but I think it's a really interesting point, don't you? I think that, first of all, I don't know that we ever disagreed with the um, the point getting across that she was all that pent up rage could facilitate these murders. It sure. wasn't. It no, wasn't definitely it, not. Yeah, it wasn't the suspension of disbelief that was the issue. I just thought that the overall episode was cheapened by the second murder. That's it. Yeah. Well, and but but I think you know with with Phoenix's point here is that that sort of was the point in terms get you know getting to uh, punishment versus versus uh, you know restorative justice in that in both cases both of those clients they were set legally free but they needed a lot of help and they didn't and perhaps our heroes could have stepped in and provided more help to their client beyond the black and white thinking of you're you know you're guilty or innocent and i think that i think that's a very good point and i i certainly am very much on the uh rehabilitation versus punishment 
I mean, I, I, our, our criminal system is entirely fucked up being so focused on punishment and not rehabilitation. So Yeah, in fact, there's this great Netflix uh, documentary that I just watched the other day. I wanted to bring it up. It was one of the things I wanted to bring up today if we do that other segment. Uh, oh, you mean this one? That's precisely the one, Keith. Thank you. A nice segue, and thank you. Boom! Yes, I'll also it. say that I... I Real quick before I transfer over, the his closing paragraph there about the perspective of the show and remembering that David E. Kelly was a lawyer, and that's a lot of times where we should kind of when we discuss his what he was his intentions were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a really that's a really salient point that considered me to look at the episode a little bit differently. And would I give it an extra spare tire? Maybe. But unfortunately, once the episode drops, it's no. we're legally bound to stand by it. Uh, we uh, we assign our tires with prejudice, so, so there are will there will be no appeals. He's very right about that. So I I I can't remember the name of this docudrama, and Netflix is loading so slow. Oh God! Oh God! Where is it? It's about here it's about this you, woman but... who this girl the young girl she was a 14 i believe when she committed this murder and it's about how she actually ultimately spoiler alert uh, receives clemency and but she's in like her late 20s at the time so and it's actually a story about how all the things that led to that clemency her how she chose to use her incarcerated time to uh, get an education and really help people and it discusses what can we really can we really send somebody who's 14 years old to prison for the rest of their life? Life Is that the end of their life? Should we consider who they become when they become adults? It's yeah. it's fascinating, and I really want to encourage people to watch it, but I cannot for the life of me remember the name <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, I it's something that we've uh, touched on before. Um, trying to figure out which episode it was. It was the... Uh, Season finale of season two, the one with uh, Jer Adrian Elliot Leliot, well, rhyme and reason, where you had the the thirteen year old boy who killed his his mother, and you right. know the, discussing whether or not it's possible or legal or it should be legal to be trying these children as adults. Uh, our intern has weighed in. It is murder to mercy. The Sintoya Brown story is yes. what you were looking for. Thank you, intern. <laughs> oh my God, this has been such a delight to have a, have a, a live research department. Turns out you don't have to pay your wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thus, they, the internship status. Yes, that documentary she, she was- She already owns 50% of your life. <laughs> right, of our, our net worth in the podcast industry. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for that Spotify- uh, uh, yeah, buyout are, are we going to get bought out by spot? <laughs> Let's get bought out. Yeah. Oh my God. In a heartbeat. So clinical, uh, clinical psychologist today has bought, purchased their first site. Uh, <laughs> maybe a uh, Hulu would buy us out. Anyway, it, it's more like a research study on like the minds of, you know, two guys who would start a podcast. So we watched, talk. we watched that. Then we watch it. We also watched a documentary on, uh, who's that famous actress who got thrown off the boat by uh, her other famous... Natalie Wood. Yeah, that's the one. We watched that. I gotta say, my interest flagged pretty quickly. They were like, this is not gonna be about 
her gruesome murder. This is going to be about her life. And then it was about the murder. So it was a bit, <laughs> it was a little bait and switchy. So I've been watching something else, Keith, that I'm a little embarrassed to discuss, but I think it, it pretty much states where we are right now. Okay. You asked me how I was doing earlier, and I think this this is good. This will this will tell you. So, been having trouble sleeping a little bit, and I like usually like white noise, but I've found usually my normal white noise has sort of uh, been not enough. Like so privileged. It's I know it's so white that I'm still thinking too much, and I don't want to be thinking. I want to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. So. Follow me here. I have to take you on a long journey around the block. Yeah, I'd like to point out that right before we started, you're like, all right, we're going to knock it out in 15 minutes and get right to the episode. So, yeah, but I say that every week. So <laughs> You do. I bought a nice pair of boots for my birthday this past year. And I had been looking up ways to like clean the boots and such. I stumbled upon an ASMR channel, Keith, that is this man... Oh no. Who just shines shoes. And he has like 20 microphones set up all around this little booth. And we just listen to the brushes. And we listen and to him just talk about the shoes. And he's got this really nice voice. And he's a little Bob Rossi. And he's just going to go. Wait, ahead. wait. So, so <laughs> I apologize in advance for this joke. So, what you're saying is that once you're finished, you're able to sleep? <laughs> no, Keith. It happens during. I fall asleep during. Oh, wait, uh, but isn't ASMR porn? No. Uh, I, I mean, often, thing. often it's a porn thing, but it could, sometimes it's just that people like 360 audio. They want to hear. They don't have to be masturbating, Keith. <laughs> I surely I am don't not. know. I'm trying to sleep. I, I, think, I think we've just learned a lot. <laughs> no. Anyway, I'm going to post a link in our show notes. It's this dude, and I can't remember his, his handle right now, but I'll post it in the show notes. It's a cool channel. He, like, if you have boots and you're interested in it, it's neat. There's this other guy that makes model ships that I watch sometimes to sleep or model trains. It's just really people focus tape. I don't know. The internet is awesome. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and I like to watch people shine shoes while I'm not masturbating. Oh, good to know. So what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> not that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, actually, I... I was going to do it this episode, but because we're already running long, I'm going to talk about it next episode, but uh, we have to talk about Hollywood. You're right. We do. Next episode. So we should definitely do that. But right now, it is time to jump into... This day in the basement. We are talking about November 14th, 1999. It was November. It was a Sunday. You were in Ithaca still? What was going on? I my girlfriend visited me that weekend. I remember it specifically because it was my first year away from co- at college, and it was my birthday. Oh, Keith. so you got a chance to shine boots? No, no, no. She, she, we never slept together. Uh, sorry. Uh, her name was Laura. This was uh, about a month before I left college. Things were weird. Uh, I was about to get dumped by this girl, but she came to visit me for my birthday. My birthday was the day before, on Saturday, November thirteenth. And uh, shit was going downhill fast uh, at college. That's that's pretty much the long and short. <laughs> I had a nice oh, visit. No. I had a nice visit with my friend Laura. Uh, one of the last. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not much to report. It was a depressing time. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, so uh this I now correct me if I've told this story before. Uh because I think it was this year. It might have been last and Lord knows we're in episode 68. I've I've lost all track of everything. Also, I'm 40, so uh and I'm on, 40. And it's, it's diet Keith. Oh yeah. But uh around this time, it's low cow Keith. This was the time that I made my music theory teacher cry. Oh. And I it is not like my proudest moment, although I still di- still still do feel slightly justified. And it was related to going home for Thanksgiving, which I was preparing to do uh, around this time. And the way I did that uh, was I took a Greyhound bus from Rochester to Albany and then from Albany up to Burlington, Vermont. Now, this was a... Lickety split. Oh, it was a 13-hour bus ride that uh, I usually had to leave at 3.10 a.m. from the Rochester bus station in downtown, which was not uh, nice, let's say. I've been to that station. I know it. Oh, have you really? Yeah, I saw I used to get home for uh, when I was doing plaid up there. Oh, it is. And I don't know what it was like when you did it, but in 1999, uh, let's just say I went I went in there and w- walked into the bathroom and walked right back out because the sink was already full but not of water. <laughs> it was it was not not good. So, uh this experience was uh not one that I enjoyed, let's say. Okay. It was a uh, it was a it was a long one and actually I'm going to save it for next week. The artistic creation I made about riding the bus from the from the Rochester bus station was something that led to a long enough argument between me and my music theory teacher that she cried. So we have a double tease for next week. We have a double tease for next week. So okay. there will be so many tears next week in this day in the basement. Which means it's time for the out of practice podcasts this day in the world. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. This again, we are talking about November 14th, 1999. The number one hit continued to be smooth. By Santana. The top movie, we get this, was Pokemon. The first movie, which I was unaware of entirely, which pulled in a cool $31 million. It must have been a, chi- a kid's movie that took yeah, over it was animated. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, the Burlington Free Press, the cover, talked about Filene's arrives with great hopes, and that is Filene's department store, which moved into the Burlington Square Mall on Church Street. And if you're a Vermonter, you certainly know Church Street and Burlington Square Mall, which was the downtown mall in Burlington, which I spent a lot of time. There was an Orange Julius in that mall and uh, very much enjoyed 
one of those orange shake dealies. Thank you, Santana. Taking it to our next important segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, time. It's time for sports. sports. The New York football Giants lost to second-year quarterback Peyton Manning and the Colts 24-7 at Giants Stadium. Future Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison caught two touchdowns for the Colts. Meanwhile, look out! The Eagles put up 35 points on the Washington racist names, despite Donovan McNabb only completing eight passes in the full game. Deuce Staley ran for 122 yards in the win. Deuce! <laughs> you know, in sports ball, Keith, I watched that golf game yesterday. Oh, I, the I got the time wrong, so I only saw the last hole. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. And was our boy, I, you know, good, our boy Tom Brady was in it. Oh, wait, how'd he do? Uh, he was crap until he hit an incredible, like, 108-yard birdie or eagle on the seventh. Oh, I just enjoyed watching him fail. Yeah, but somebody, so one of the golfers, I forget who, they were all talking crap to each other the whole time, like people playing and also golfers just watching on Twitter. And one was like, hey, Brady, if you can birdie or if you can hit even a par on one of the next two holes, I'll donate $150,000. Oh, shit. And Birdie went, and Brady, who had been shit all day, was like, and then from 120 yards, back spins Ah. it into the hole for an eagle and made that guy pay up. It was pretty off freaking awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's why Gotta he's the greatest that. of all time, Keith. We uh, live we live to witness it. No, no. But you know what it is? The greatest of all time, the practice. And this episode is oh crap. Oh yeah. It was raining yesterday. Can you tell me the <laughs> where they were playing golf? And I made it a very snappy, catchy (laughs) Tell me the weather from 21 years ago. Keep 21 years ago, November 14th, 1999, while I was celebrating my birthday. Celebrating? Where we were bunkered (laughs) out in Astoria, Queens, it was 59 degrees and cloudy. Where you were bunkered out at Cape May, New Jersey, 67 degrees. Can't, Can't believe it was November. So hot. And out into our college zones. In Ithaca, it was cloudy and 50. And in Rochester, it was cloudy and 50. And that (laughs) is your time machine. My heart, just like my heart, time machine weather. Cloudy. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, Rochester is, uh, they have uh, a little bit of summer. Then they have a little bit of winter. And then there's 14 months of gray. (laughs) Yep, that was exactly Ithaca too, so. Yeah. Okay. It is now time to talk about the episode this episode entitled victimless victimless crimes was written by david e kelly and samantha corbin miller who also wrote on er svu and lie to me this is her first writing credit on the practice and it was directed by james frawley who last directed part four in season one which was a good one that was uh lindsay's tobacco case Mm -hmm. Uh, episode, which leaves us with the next eternal question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? They're killing me here because 
there's been no previously ons for weeks now. Ha! Huh. We're just starting from scratch. So, victimless but, crimes. To be fair, I now enjoy it when there's none of that because you guessed that there might be pirates. <laughs> uh, there weren't. No pirates. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to go back to just the practice tropes. So, I'm going to say that this week is going to be, uh, instead of the last couple episodes where it's just been an A story, we're going to have multiple, multiple stories, maybe too many, at least three. And shot in the dark, somebody from Bobby's past, a, a lover, an old friend, or a family member has <laughs> murdered a thousand people, is uh, needs some help at the last minute. And it starts with some sort of phone call uh, from an old friend. <laughs> that is like, that's almost as much of an, Cut, like, an old friend has gotten himself in trouble is almost as obvious. Like there's going to be some lawyers. There yeah. might be a judge involved. <laughs> there's going to be a trial. Well, can you imagine? I mean, you can't always get uh, some judge is going to make the person take their pants off and get spanked in front of the gallery. That's probably <laughs> just as fair of a guess. Oh my goodness. Well, folks, our 15 minute segment has now climbed on to 33 minutes and which is I'm a human being god damn it my life has value and i'm not going to take this anymore <laughs> it's time to talk about the damn episode it's time wait or haven't we been talking about it no, but we're, yeah, that's true. I, I don't know if I I could place that a little bit before. Yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe that should go before uh uh before what does Mike think's going to happen. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> There's so many so many things we have to pack in in our opening. <laughs> we, have, we have too many jingles. Anyway, uh to honor Memorial Day, that was an ad, that was an ad for Anchor. Season 4. <laughs> Season four, episode... Anchors away to all of the sailors. To the sailors and pirates. Season Serving our country. Episode seven. Something that does not apply to the people who listen to the podcast. Victimless crime. Crimes. We'll start with Jimmy and Lockup. Let's try this again. After you got to Justin Fitzpatrick's apartment, what did you do? What about when the cops found you at Justin's apartment afterwards? Did you say anything to the arresting officer? This lady is not talking back. Nope, she seems to be obstinate. You know, Darlene, it's going to help My me a lot if you today. say something. Ooh. Hey, I ain't doing this because I want to. I got this court appointed. You know what that means? A judge told me I had to take it. No pay, no headlines, and I got to tell you, it looks open and shut. So if you want me to go in and say something to the judge and jury, you got to give it to me. Whoa, Jimmy, relax. You want to know what happened? In your words, yes. Justin Fitzpatrick raped me. I got a gun, I went up to his apartment, and I killed him. Take that to the judge and jury. Well, I'd say that that's succinct. It's yep, there it is. Effective and yeah. So we've got we've got Jimmy here. He's uh, taking this court appointed 
Now, if you work we for have- a private firm, do you are you do you have to take court appointed cases? Or I thought that the, there were guy people who did that professionally, like your Jimmy the- your Jimmy McGill's. I think the judge has the discretion to make you do it, which is why it's uh, court appointed as opposed to. Um, oh, Diet Keith doesn't have brain. Uh, we are fighting over this over this uh, this nickname. We need our viewers. Let us know: Is it Diet Keith or Low Cal Keith? I like Low the alliteration. I like the alliteration. <laughs> oh, but you know what? While we're uh, now that we're back, let's do. Uncooperative client! Rape victim who shot that motherfucker! Yes, indeed. This woman is played by Karina Logue, who was in Animal Kingdom, NCIS LA, The Affair, True Blood, and is. We're not supposed to notice that you've been on the show before. More versus, more versus, more. <laughs> longer jingles, longer jingles. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. Well, actually, did I just snort? Is, I just snorted. You sure did, and this is great because she gets three jingles because she's been on the show before, and I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. Let's unpack this. I can't so, wait. So, Car- Karina is playing this woman on trial for murder. She also played, uh, last season, she played George Vogelman's receptionist oh, in shit. Endgames. So, she has she is tied to George Vogelman. So, my conspiracy theory is... It's the same woman. She's not actually playing a separate character that she and George Vogelman are both murderers. And it's the same woman. I love it. I'm in. I approve. All right. When did you first oh! notice it? Mm, like oh, that scared ago. me. It was red and sore. That woman was very close to Lucy's breast. Out. Well, you're right. It is infected. Granted, she is a doctor and it's clearly an exam. Lucy. This is a bite mark. Well, like a, this a doctor's spider. played Mark Cordelia Not a spider, Richards. It's human. Wait, somebody bit Lucy. Did somebody boot? bite you? Yes. Excuse me? This is a human bite mark. If someone bit me, I, I think I'd know. Well, has anybody been in the area recently? Yeah, my boyfriend, but he's he a Boston Celtic. Are you sure? He is so conservative. He um Slammed up. He doesn't bite. Well, I suggest you ask him. You've been bitten. In the meantime, that let's is get you random. started on some antibiotics. Yeah, that's a... Uh, I wrote down, what's gonna happen with you this? You go in there with that attitude, and the bastard got what he deserved. All right, we're back with Jimmy's they're client. they're gonna put you away for life. They're well, hold on. In- hold on. So that is either a weird comedic beat we're gonna play that's gonna make me uncomfortable, or what it, potentially she was raped, too? Well... 
stay tuned and make your comedic choices aware of both possibilities. Mm. <laughs> no matter. Not if we can mitigate. We Actually, that almost same- warrants a, a jingle at some point. Mike, better be careful. Comedian? <laughs> Genius. Yeah. I'm going to let him know how you were in thinking straight. No, to one. be fair, but Mike doesn't know what's going to happen. Let me explain this. Revenge. It's never stopped me before. Revenge <laughs> doesn't justify murder, no matter what the guy did to you first. But after a person has been violated, like he did to you, they might not be clear-headed for a long time after. But that wasn't Listen the way- to me. What I'm thinking could have happened is, after Jason raped you, you were upset, confused. I was angry. Exactly. You were angry. Not in your right mind. That's what you're trying to say, right? Is that what you want me to say? Look. You want to make me some kind of bad guy? Go ahead. I'm just trying to help. You're the one facing murder one. And as it stands now, you're going down. Well, I don't know. Hasn't she hit the lottery? Isn't this the perfect law firm to get a victim who did something, who murdered somebody in a, during a some sort of episode? Get some right well, off. This, this is like the second time in a week. Although or she, third time, well, I mean, if you if you talk about Raymond Oz as well, it's the third client they've had who, well, Raymond Oz was she didn't actually victimize him, so I guess it's different in that case. Well, but, and also she seems to be unapologetic, which is actually an interesting twist, right? Everybody else was like, "Oh, here's our a really intense and complicated case that led to the murder," where she's just like, "I shot the motherfucker because he raped me." Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And it actually follows Phoenix's line of like, okay, this is sort of like a, tr- a trilogy of different. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, for sure. And and how is, you know, what are our heroes' responsibilities and duties in this situation beyond guilty or innocent? Of course, you know that you kind of drew the short st- straw with Jimmy a little bit because he's a bit more conservative. The other, you know, the other people would play into the victim, the victimhood, whereas he's a little bit. He's trying to, well, I guess we'll yeah. find out. It's 11 seconds into the Well, episode. he starts a lot of episodes that way. He never finishes conservative. That's true. Oh, by the way, on? somebody bit Lucy's boo. Yeah, there's that. I have this lesion on my breast. What? So this is Lucy's cancer. boyfriend, played by Joe Town. Just like, you know, kind of a cut. Oh, this is so embarrassing to ask you, but you have to be totally honest with me, okay? Of course. Not the same. Last week after our date, you were, you know, kind of like some tall. fooling around in that area. You let me. I'm not saying it wasn't consensual. I'm. Look, while you were kissing my. Boob. Did you bite me? What? The doctor said did I that. Bite you? Shh, not so loud. Don't get I so didn't defensive. Bite you. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. I didn't bite you. Look, I'm not angry if you did. I just need to I know. I didn't. Lucy. I promise, I never bit you. Malcolm, you were the only guy that I've I been I didn't. With. I swear. Well, if you didn't, then who did? Yeah. I'm glad I've never For some been reason, accused of I biting like her, anybody. Even though she hates me. And even though she's a murderer. And thanks for asking me, Lucy. I always will tell you the truth. But just, I have to just ask why you called me to do this at 2 p.m. at your place of work. <laughs> that's true and I had to come in we couldn't I could ask me on the phone did you bite my boob the other day 
Well, yeah, because it's it if it's in a consensual act, like it's not really the same thing. Like it's like, oh, that, that you know, don't do that. Now, and I say this with absolute sincerity. The nipples are very sensitive. If it was a dark enough mark to leave a it was hard enough to leave a a mark. You'd think she, if it was dirt with her boyfriend, she'd have noticed it at the time, right? You, I feel like you, if it's hard enough to leave a mark, you would feel it. Yeah, I would, I would imagine so. She's a student, no prize. She's not a bad kid at all. How long after the rape did this happen? She waited an hour. Having an all hands she meeting. emptied her gun into him. Seems like revenge to me. What about Tep Insanity? I listed it as a defense, but she doesn't want to go that route. She says she was in her right mind. Well, she's not in her right mind if that's what she wants to go with. Look, if she won't cooperate, just ask the judge to be let out. I tried it already. He said no. I'm the fourth lawyer. Why don't you go rape drama? Bring in a shrink, argue she was in a dissociative Correct. state. I used this Dr. Starker. Last week, she was pretty good. I don't know. Just put the rapist on trial. Do the best you can. Bobby, can I talk to you for a second? It's important. Well. Actually... Eleanor, um, I'd rather talk to you. Yeah, Please. that's definitely the mm. right person. Good audible. What's <clears throat> up? Dr. Nettle, that dentist you recommended. Yeah, what about him? Did he look like the Fonz to you? And was there a lot of grape jelly? Because I've been having bad luck with dentists lately. Yeah, uh, it's not good to be a... a uh, <laughs> as you can already tell where this is going. <laughs> not great to be a dentist, a doctor... Yeah. A podiatrist. I think he bit me. What do you mean you think he bit you? Yeah, I, I got this cut on my breast and it got infected. My doctor says it's a human bite. It wasn't Malcolm I asked him, so it, it had to be Dr. Did he put her under? Dr. Nettle. He put me out to remove my wisdom teeth on Tuesday. You think Dr. Nettle bit you? On yes. the boob? I, I'm on not- your breast? I mean, there can't be any other explanation. How well do you know this guy? Well, well he's my he's dentist. Bobby's cousin, and he recommended oh! him to me. He's Bobby's him. cousin! <laughs> you did it! <laughs> of course he's Bobby's cousin! Oh, wow. So hold on. Just to recap. Lucy has been victimized. Again. Again. The first time she was videotaped with a very elaborate VHS setup in her the duct work of her apartment to videotape her in the shower. And now, Bobby's cousin, who's Eleanor's dentist, who was recommended to Lucy, took out Lucy's wisdom teeth, and whilst she was out, and post having removed the teeth, he bit her breast. That is, I believe, what we are to understand at this point, yes. Wow. Wow. He bites. When I got to the apartment, she was sitting across from the deceased with a gun in her hand. The defendant? Yes. Did you speak to her? Objection. Oh, Admission declaration against interest? Jessalyn Gilsey What did back? she say, officer? She said she shot the guy. Did she seem lucid? Objection. The officer Foundation is played by Michael Dempsey. Opinion. Lay opinion. Sustain. Did she appear calm? Yes, she did. Did she mention anything about self-defense? No, she did not. What did Darlene Keating look like physically when you entered the apartment? Fan. She was bruised, some, black eye. Did you know that she had been raped by the deceased? At that time, no, I did not. You didn't know that she'd been raped? 
No, I didn't. The bruises, the black eye. You didn't know she got those injuries while being raped. The Commonwealth has stipulated the defendant was raped. Defense counsel doesn't have to keep saying it over and over. It's unpleasant to hear it. Objection. All right. I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. Mr. Baluti, move along. Now, we have introduced this judge before. It's played by Charles... He, it, he is played by Charles Walker. How dare you. However, however, this is... It's not quite a returner, so I'm not going to play the jingle again. But as I mentioned last time, he was on a, in an episode called Duty Bound. He will come back as the same judge with four different names. So he last played Judge M. Frankel. He is now listed as Judge Finkel. <laughs> Coming up later, he will be Keith Frankel. And then Judge Stroud. So just in case, if, you, if you're looking for the subtle differences in his judging between M. Frankel and Judge Finkel, uh, please pay close attention. Will Judge Finkel be more fickle than Judge Frankel? <laughs> Are you be sure? more finicky. Who else could it be? It had to be him. Has he ever been inappropriate with you? Well, not while I'm conscious, but he does seem a little weird. This isn't much evidence. Helen, come on. She has a bite mark through the process of elimination. Are you we absolutely positive it wasn't your boyfriend? He's positive, and I believe him. I go to this dentist, too. He does seem a little creepy. What Never is bit it my with boob. you people and doctors? Don't start. Eleanor, your podiatrist hacked it's off heads. It's a fair point. dentist likes bugs. Now you've got one that bites. Can you just arrest him before he attacks She's somebody? basically doing just our podcast. Him. I haven't got any evidence. It has to be him. You can issue a subpoena. You can get his files. You can interview his other patients. If he bit Lucy, the chances are he nibbled on somebody else. But now, Eleanor, didn't you recommend... You admitted there you find him creepy... And like, oh, that that guy's a little creepy. Let me recommend him to our 20-year-old assistant. She's here. also, yeah, Eleanor's also got a little bit of too much, uh, too, I can't believe I'm about to say this. She's got a little too much Mike and Deglio in her as if we're taking this to the prosecutor to say that this is a serious crime that needs to be investigated, maybe she should be a little less flippant with her nibbling jokes, yeah? Yeah, fair enough. Well, flippant is what we do on this show. Her name is Dr. Diane Stogger. You need to be completely open with her. Why? So she can say I'm insane? Look, Darlene, you think this is some stupid game? Fine, let's call it that. But this is how the game works. Talk to me like I'm five, and I will fire you like I fire Go the ahead. rest of them. I like to be able to tell my clients I win my cases. This one here is going to hurt my record. I'd be happy to let some other lawyer come in and take the loss. My problem is the judge won't let that happen. So why don't you just listen to what I'm going to say before you reject it on account of you being smarter than me? Jimmy? Jimmy, yeesh. He's the high jury, cal, Jimmy. At least a few of them would love to set you free. Yeah, he's calorie you rich. Raped. The guy had it coming. Some of those jurors are glad even that you shot him. But they still need a legal reason to say not guilty. Revenge isn't it. There we go. Temporary insanity is. To get the temporary insanity, <clears throat> I need a doctor. To get a doctor, I need you to meet with one. Great scene, actually. Way to flip it. Hmm. Alan. Bobby, I think I'm in some kind of trouble. Trouble how? I don't. Creepy cousin dentist! If that 
is the dentist. No way would you recommend that to a friend. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so sorry, Bob Bancroft. <laughs> the actor Bob Bancroft from Urban Nightmares, Parks and Rec, Chicago Hope, and Elf, and he's from Vermont. He's from the uh, backwoods of Vermont, like I am, and I I feel like I've like met him at least once, but I don't remember in what context. I don't know if it was in the city or if it was up in Vermont, but he's very, very familiar looking, but that that's all I got. At nine My minutes and 40 broken. seconds, watch how he shambles into the room, and if they were like, you know what, that was good, but we need you to give me a walk. Like, we need a creepy dentist who would bite a boob walk, and this is what we got. Yeah. Oh, oh, got a sense of urgency. Ellen. Bobby, I think I'm in some kind of trouble. Trouble how? I don't know. I just got a subpoena to turn over my list of patients and addresses. Can they do that? Do I have to give them my patient list? That's privileged, isn't it? Actually, no. Did they say why they want it? No, here's the subpoena. Hello, Lindsay. Hi. Seems legitimate. Could it be taxes? I pay my taxes. Could it be taxes? Taxes would be a federal warrant. This subpoena looks toothless. Uh... Oh, shit. What are you doing here? The police have subpoenaed my files. Yeah, you want to know why? Lucy. I know why. What's going on? Hold on. I don't think anybody should say anything here. What's going on? We have a situation. What kind of situation? He bit me. That's a situation. <laughs> oh, my Lindsay's face. <laughs> oh, you think I don't know? I got infected, you bastard. What the hell is going on? I have a bite mark on my breast, and the doctor says it's human. He put me under for my wisdom teeth on Tuesday. He's the one that bit me. I know it. And so do the police. Oh, Alan. Alan. How many cousins does Bobby have? More than I do. And a lot more of them have committed horrible I'm crimes so than mine. I can't even bring myself to look at you. You bit my assistant. I was just giving her a little kiss. I... He's admitting it? i never meant uh. to break skin. I can't believe it. Wait, is I he gonna need is he gonna ask Bobby to to Defend him? That's all kinds of conflicts of interest. Well, let's find out. Bobby, I know I need help. I am getting help. I have a sickness. But. David I e. Kelly. Wow, buddy. Have a criminal record. I can't have. My God! Well, you can't bite people's Alan, breasts. How many women are we talking about here? Fondling, very many times Jeez. where I have lifted up a blouse and peeked under it and bitten. All right, Keith, you got this script. It's going to be your television debut. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Well, let's just start at the beginning. Are you going to do it? Like your first and only credit is the is the dentist who like fondles women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because uh, I'm looking I'm a, at him and I'm looking at you and I'm thinking this could have worked. I, I I'm a horror novelist. I have written much more despicable things, uh, which is not to say that this is like any less despicable. I'm just saying, would but, you do it on TV? I didn't ask if you do an HPV billboard. I said, oh, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you mean as a performer, not yeah. as a writer? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. As, as a performer. Uh, 
It's your first and only IMDb, and you got to send it to all your family and be like, look what I did. Uh, look, I'll, I, I will say this. Uh, there are multiple people in my home now who have uh, done SVU. Those residuals mm. keep coming. All right. So, there you had it. We love those checks. Very few. Please help me. We need to work this out. Sorry, cuz. I don't know what you expect me to do. So Just, Dorothy Lyman back you as said Dr. Starter from could last be, but episode. She would barely talk to me. She doesn't trust us. Look, if I get on that witness stand based on a 30-minute conversation, the district attorney is going to fillet me. You In know which that. case, I'm no worse off than I am now. I don't think I can help you, Mr. Berluti. Uh, look, you don't want to be here. Neither do I. But this woman is a victim herself. I got a feeling about her. She needs somebody to fight for her. I can't conclude rape trauma. If you say it could possibly be rape trauma, get in the standard, I'll take it from there. Oh, on Rebecca's case, she talked about flashbacks. I read where rape trauma can cause flashbacks, too. Maybe you can get something in on that. That could be good. Feels awfully leaving the witness there a little bit. I don't know. I'm, I'm what do thinking... you mean you don't know? You either are or you're not. Eleanor, can I finish... I mean, if she is determined to say, I, I, it was revenge, I went and killed this guy, and find me guilty or don't find me guilty, I guess that's her yeah, prerogative. Well, it, I mean, it is, and it goes, in that case, if they're not going to put up any sort of a, uh, a like a mental health defense or temporary insanity, then it's just straight jury nullification, like we did a lot in uh, season two. Season two. Without, in fact, confirming that he bit you. What does oh, God? God. Hey, Jesus, Bobby. Lucy, he's my cousin. Oh, how can you defend him? All right, Lucy and Lucy alone in the conference room. Uh -uh, no, you don't. Eleanor. I'm not going to let you take advantage of her. I don't care if you and your sicko You're cousin are right. taking advantage of her. You Bobby, shouldn't I don't think be this representing him. Lucy, I am so sorry. All right, I'm quiet. Don't you be saying anything. Back in my office now. This is how bad. How can you do this? Bobby. Bobby, you this can't represent no. him. We stick Absolutely together in this office, Bobby. Bobby. If he molested Lucy... That's my newest jingle. We should just cut that out. Bobby, no. Bobby, we need that no. a lot. Bobby? No, Bobby. Bobby. No. Bobby. Think it's in Lucy's interest to go to trial on this? Look, you can't advise her if you're his attorney. Bobby, my office. Eugene, now. Yeah, Thanks, Eugene. Eugene. Kick his ass. Jesus. Bobby. Oh. No. What are you thinking? We can get double waivers. We. He's my cousin. He needs help. What about Lucy? I'm thinking of her too. Both sides are served by keeping this out of court. He bit her while she was unconscious. If this is prosecuted, of course I won't defend him. But whoever does will be attacking Lucy. She'll be the chief prosecutorial witness. It's in everybody's interest. The the here's the here's what doesn't hold here's what <laughs> here's what doesn't hold up about this episode, Keith. This is not even a, an argument. I mean, the man, this isn't like a, I need some, I need to go see a shrink twice a week. This is a, you probably go to prison. This is a, I'm a predatory. Absolutely you go to prison. A predatory uh, serial like offender. Long-term countless victims. No, this guy needs to be in jail. Full stop. And to make Bobby, this go oh. away. Well, it could be too late for that. Helen's interrogating patients. 
I just can't turn my back on the guy. Yes, you yes, can. Yes, you can. <laughs> you and Eleanor represent uh, Yes, you can. <laughs> Make sure she's protected. Uh, this is no way yeah, affiliated with Barack Obama or anyone who and represents him. you won't get any special treatment. I'm not asking for any. Though he'd agree. Let's just yeah. get in a room. All the presidents would agree. Ah. Yes, I can. I'm saying it's possible that she was suffering from rape trauma syndrome. He, but the truth is, if 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 you're a celebrity, they let you do it. Rape trauma syndrome. Could you explain that? It's an emotional, psychological reaction to the experience of having been raped. The patient can actually go into a dissociative state. What's that mean? It means she wouldn't know what she was doing. So she maybe didn't know what she was doing when she got the gun and shot Mr. Fitzpatrick. Well, we no longer look at memory in terms of short-term and long-term. We now realize that there's procedural memory, which is where in our minds we process how to do things. And then there's the semantic memory, which provides the why. Now, in the case of Miss Keating, it's possible that she was procedurally able to obtain a weapon and use it. But the ability to process that action within the context of understanding right and wrong simply wasn't there. She acted out of instinct, out of fear. That's some fear. legal bullshit. If she was afraid of Mr. Fitzpatrick, why did she know. go to his no, apartment I, I, alone? Sounds well, pretty reasonable. sometimes when a person is in a state of being paralyzed by fear, they react in what is known as a counterphobic fashion. I'm a little lost. When she was face to face with her attacker once again, it caused a series of flashbacks. And if she was once again in the moment of her rape, then she may have won. Although this testimony last week would have been, you know, pretty effective. Although I guess well, she won, so. She basically did give this testimony. Like, this is the same doctor from last week. Yeah, giving, saying the exact Giving same basically thing. the same testimony. Once again, been afraid I think you're for right her about our, our little and trilogy fear, happening here. She reacted in the only way that she perceived to be available to her at the time. Doesn't that make this Empire she Strikes Back? You don't know Miss Keating sure. suffered from rape trauma syndrome, do you, Doctor? No. To a medical certainty? No, I can't say that. How long have you been treating her? I've only had one interview. When was that? That was this morning. About an hour ago? Yes. How many rape victims have you worked Return with? Return of the Jedi Hundreds. was the third. How many of them have killed their attackers other than Miss Keating? None. You testified Miss Keating could have been in a dissociative state when she shot and killed Justin Fitzpatrick. Isn't it also possible that this could have been an act of vengeance? That's possible. It's a very effective questioning by Jessalyn Gilsig there. You'll have to testify. Obviously, things aren't going great here. So what do you want me to do? Act all insane up there? Talk to my dead mother, would that be good? Your only chance here is to trust me. If you can't give me that... Why do you care? That's one I can't answer. You need to act sorry. I don't like coaching witnesses, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you cried a little. Wow. Under the law, Darlene, you're guilty. I don't of the like crime. coaching witnesses. That doesn't mean but it's I'm over. Coach you directly Juries right have now. been known to look the other way on occasion, but they gotta want to. If you could cry, <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. 
Now, I'm not one to force it, but I've got you a bag of onions. I'm going to need you to chop them and stick them directly in your eye sockets. How many does that make? We're at Helen and we're at and he okay, Helenor's house. Well, 17 women patients were interviewed. None can report any misconduct. How many Columns. patients did he put under? Some. Police aren't dropping the investigation, but so far Lucy's all we got. Looks tough. All right. I was coming up from class. It must have been around 10 at night. When I got near my building, I saw Justin on the stoop. You knew Justin Fitzpatrick. Only from being hassled by him. He lived in my building. Did you notice anything unusual about him this night? He smelled of alcohol. Other than that. Tell the court what happened. I just tried to get by him. Flashback, black and white. But as I went oh, past, he grabbed my hand. Great. Back to back 90s black and white flashbacks of I told women him to being let go. victimized. Ray, so we I need that. I hit his chin. He let go then, because. I guess I heard him. He was swearing and all. I got to the door and unlocked it. I got into the foyer and I tried to close the door behind me, but it wouldn't close fast enough. What happened next? He forced his way in, started oh, yelling shit. at me to apologize. Were you scared? Yeah, I mean, he's got like a hundred pounds on me or something. Anyway, I told him to leave me alone again. That's when he grabbed me and said he'd leave me alone, all right. I tried to hit him with my book, but he grabbed it out of my hand and said, He'd show me what it was like to be hit. And, uh... He's doing he a lot of heavy lifting here yeah. that is making the flashback I could taste completely blood in unnecessary. Mouth. As always. Like that metal taste. It's a little more... And then I must have passed out. Violent than some of the Because the next thing I seen. remember, it was dark. And he was... He was on top of me. Inside me. Raping you. Yes. Thanks, Jim. I screamed, but he just hit me again. No one came. Fuck. I found out later we were down in the boiler room. He just kept pushing himself. And pushing. And pushing. And when he was done, he just stood up and said, He said it wasn't a bad lay. Did he say anything else? Yeah. He said if I wanted some more, he was just upstairs. Wow. Did you feel threatened when he said that? Yeah. It was like he was saying he could do it any time, you know? What did you do then? I don't... It was kind of hazy, like I was dreaming or something. Best you can remember. I clean my face, changed. Why didn't you call the police? I don't know. Why didn't you go to the hospital? I don't know, I just... All I could think... I was going to my grandma's, and I didn't want her to see me all messed up, to know I'd been... How come? Because she practically raised me. But wouldn't she want to help you? I guess, I don't know. She raised me to be a good Catholic, a good person. And good people aren't crime victims? Not like this. Hmm. So, what'd you do? After I cleaned myself, I sat on my bed, maybe for a half hour or so. Then I got my gun. I keep it in the nightstand. And I went upstairs to his apartment. 
I knocked on the door. No one answered, so I knocked again. Then it opened. And he was standing there. I pointed the gun. And he went to back up. I think he was saying no, no, no. And I started shooting. He fell to the ground and I kept shooting till there weren't any more bullets. I think I pulled the trigger a few times after that. So far, Keith, I like it best of the <clears throat> three portrayals of this type of victim because I think it can be both. I, I think I was being a little pejorative earlier. I think it can be both. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not sorry for what I've done. And she was in one of those states. I forget what the what the medical the clinical Dissociative term. state or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, I think even though she doesn't want to look at she doesn't look at it that way because she's not remorseful i i still think they can be this at, uh, happening concurrently yeah no and i it's that was a really compelling story and and i should point out again that's karina Logue doing really terrific work there um a couple of things i noticed is that she didn't she barely blinked the mm. entire time. It's like it, to do a story like that. It's so easy to do too much. Mm -hmm. And I thought she did a really good job. She didn't even blink when shooting the gun. No. And, and I have to say that whilst unnecessary, the flashback was not distracting to me. Yeah. No, I mean, of them, it is, it was one of the less intrusive flashbacks. But certainly setting up, I have when I was watching the first time, I was like, where are they going to go with my this home now? As soon as I can refinance, that money is yours. That's cheap. The jury would hit you a lot harder than that. So uh, somehow Bobby has uh, gotten everyone at the table and they are having a, I guess we'll call it a media, financial mediation currently. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby's defending the, uh, the guy who uh, assaulted his assistant. Great. I don't care if you got me $100 million. I don't know how Lucy can continue the work to work there. I, yeah. Completely. Right. I mean, we Present don't want you to go value, and stay, but... Legal fees, 85000 cash stays worth a $300,000 verdict, Eugene. Whoa, so he'll just get off? And I don't mean that like a pun. I have to say, real quick, this is probably the worst time to say this, but uh, I'm having sort of a, a weird crisis at the moment, Keith. Because okay. for a variety of reasons, including social media and Hollywood, which we'll talk about next week, as promised, yes. I'm having a surge of pride and love for Dylan McDermott in my life right now. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm finding a lot to really not like about Bobby McDonald. His character has having a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's a, a crisis of conscience. It, I, I see that. Lucy, I am already in treatment. If I could just find the words to convey my remorse. Well, I'd say bite me, but you've already done that. All right. Zing. What assurance do we have that he's not going to continue doing this to his other patients? Well, that really isn't the concern. We're here. making it our concern. Uh, yeah, hello. He's already agreed to have the hygienist or a female assistant in the room with him at all times during any procedure. How is that enforceable? <coughs> okay, this is how it's got to be. You sign a statement which amounts to a full confession. I keep it in my desk drawer. You agree not to put patients under. If any want anesthesia, you send them to another dentist. You also agree to random reviews of your records and interviews with your employees to make sure no patients are being put under. 
If you violate the terms, oh, we go to the DA with the confession. That seems a little extreme. Only way it's going to be, Bobby. I don't think it's extreme enough. Lucy agrees. We still have to talk it over with her. Why don't you go discuss it with your cousin? Say no. I mean, poor goddamn Lucy. All this stuff happening to her and no one ever goes to bat for her, really. Oh, I mean, Ele don't Eleanor and, and Eugene are on her side here, but still, you'd think they'd be like, absolutely not. Well, last time, Bobby was throwing a guy up against a wall. He was, like, last time Bobby went Bobby McRambo, but now he's got some, like, weird, creepy cousin. He's like, oh, well, I gotta defend him. Look, if, I'm just gonna say this to all of my cousins. Uh, if you're gonna be a rapey dentist, I do not have your back. Damn. So, think about that, cousins. If this goes to trial, I don't see us getting a conviction. You were unconscious and reasonable doubts are gimme. Plus, you'd be the one they put on trial. Bobby said he'd pass it off, but whatever. So now I hear the rest of them who are on her team talking her out of it. That's so. what he gets it. He's going to have to go after you. Your sex life. Your... I'm not afraid. I know you're not. Well, but I how is her sex life relevant to getting assaulted sure on your a chair? sex life? Or you could use the money, Lucy. I don't know, Bobby. It feels like a form of servitude. Alan, to avoid criminal prosecution, you should be jumping. Don't even hesitate here. Thank you for standing by me, Bobby, for defending me. I'm not defending what you did. Yes. I'm helping a sick relative. That's no. the way I oh. look at it. And if you don't I'm get not treated, defending what you did, I'm helping you get away with it. I'll personally recommend criminal prosecution. Semantics. Over my terms. After the rape, you didn't call the police. You didn't go to the hospital. That's right. You decided you wanted to keep it to yourself? I didn't want to live the rest of my life as a rape victim, having people treat me different. So you decided to get a gun and shoot him so that people wouldn't treat you different. Objection. Argumentative. Sustain. You cleaned up first. You sat on your bed for a half hour. Then you got the gun. Yes. You walked up three flights of stairs. Yes. Knocked on the door. When he opened it, you shot him. Yes. He didn't have a weapon when you shot him. No. And as you testified, he was backing up when you opened fire. Yes. You seem sure. It happened exactly like this. Yes. You're completely clear. Yes. Your memory couldn't be a little fuzzy. It happened exactly like I said. But before you said that it was hazy, like a dream. Is your recollection clear or hazy? It's clear. Well, why did you say it was hazy if it's clear? Should I ask again? Why did you say it's hazy if your memory is clear? Because my lawyer thinks I have a better chance of being acquitted. Objection. By... Have you been coached oh, by your lawyer? Objection. Shit. This is work product. I am entitled to explore whether the witness has been coached. Objection. Move to strike. All right, quiet. I think I'll ask a few questions. Miss Keating, Fuck. did your attorney instruct you to give untruthful answers? Yes. Your Honor, Mr. This... Baluti, sit down. Oh, he told wait. me to cry. Houston? Yikes. He told me to get up here and say how sorry I am. Well, I'm not sorry. Your Honor. I want to give my testimony. I want my day in court. He raped me. Jimmy? And I am not sorry for killing him. And if he were suddenly made alive today, I would go looking for my gun so I could kill him again. I only wish he'd suffered more. I put him out of his misery too fast, and that is all I'm sorry about. That is my testimony. 
You don't want the jury to feel sorry for you? Good. I don't either. Get ready for prison, darling. Get out of my face. You're gonna do life. The rest of your life, because you don't want to ask for pity. Damn right. Well, I can't help you. I don't you, want your help. Why don't you cry? I hurt your win-loss record. Why don't you go cry? You put a psychiatrist up there to talk about me. She doesn't know me, and neither do you. You don't know the first thing! I've been feeling bad for you, but you just don't get it. I'm done feeling bad for you. Good. Beat it. This shit's raw, man. Yeah. Well, and a, and a fascinating you everything you could, Jimmy. New She's direction. a good person. I know it. Never committed a crime in her life before this. The DA won't give you manslaughter? Let's talk to Lucy. Let's talk to some victims of sexual abuse who might be sitting, I don't know, 10 feet from us. Maybe she has some insight into this victim I can't crack. Yeah. Or, well, and, and ugh, insight on everything. Well, and, and this next, like, section we're going to watch... I became really aware of there being a female writer mm. on this episode. And I I think it's it adds a lot. Well, yes. I think the writing and the anger slash... I have to say, I know you've mentioned it twice now, but let me get her name right. K Karina Logue? Yeah. God damn. She's giving me everything, man. Yeah. Yeah. Being a victim isn't just being a victim you know what i mean there's so well, much absolutely. so many levels to it well and also you know it's the whole rest of the episode is going to hinge on the word victim and i think that's going to be a good thing to keep an eye on it's it's going to it's going to be interesting i don't want to give it away not though. at this point that's why he court appointments they're never grateful oof good day of court bobby i'm giving you my two weeks what i think i need to quit yes come of course you do no no, I'm not going in there for one of your pep talks. I go for actions over words. He's family, Lucy. I'm family. I worked out a good result for you. Ask Eleanor. Eugene. I know. I got a good deal. Then what? I don't like it that I'm supposed to sit here feeling like I got a good deal. I don't like it that my boss is asking me to feel compassion for the man that assaulted me. And I don't like it that I feel like I'm disappointing you by being angry at the guy. You're not disappointing me. That's how it feels. I mean, you're feeling sorry for him and you're feeling sorry for me. Look, I know that you guys all teamed up and worked this out a lot to my benefit. I'm grateful. But it's also a little condescending, so fuck y'all. I guess I didn't want things worked out. I guess I don't really want to be feeling grateful at the moment. Marla Sokolov, everyone, by the way. And I... She's yeah. excellent. Lucy is damn fucking right, Lucy. That's a this is a great storyline because this more than almost anything else we've seen, and we've some seen some crazy, ridiculous shit is really the indictment on what is it that we're trying to accomplish here? Is it justice or is it get the best deal? Right. Right. Well, it's it it takes it away from the, the sort of transactional nature 
of the legal system and trying to get to sort of the real accountability, real emotional truth, real real justice as opposed to transactional justice. Yeah, and you know, I know we've mentioned this twice now, but I hope that going forward we explore like Lucy has now been the victim of sexual assault and predatory behavior twice, pretty twice. harshly. That's that you need some that needs to be addressed, right? Well, and and yeah, I mean in terms of, you know, restorative justice both for the perpetrators and for the victims. Birludi, Bataluco giving great, great episode, just great acting, great writing. You're right. I'm glad you. What's shout out the screenwriter's name, the co-writer? Uh, I think it's a mistake. So you're saying you want to arrest him? I'm not saying that. Samantha Corbin Miller. But with you Fingerprints being the all only over complaining it. witness, unconscious one at that. He admitted doing it. That was a settlement negotiation. He can still deny it at trial. Look, Lucy, if you want to push this, I will back you. So long as you know how uphill the fight is, that you will be attacked. I know. Look, I can't just quietly settle this. But what Helen there said right there is, I think all she wanted to hear from anyone else on her team. Yeah, Look, if he, you want to fight this, we'll fight. Yeah. Here are the odds, but if you want in, we got you. Yeah, exactly. $85,000 is a lot of money. He's a criminal. It's not really that much money. Okay, you've got yourself a DA. Yeah! Helen yeah, Campbell! Helen. If Bobby shows Mr. up Maludi. in court with him, I'm gonna be Mr. Maludi, we'll hear from you. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. For the defense, Jimmy, shake your booty balooty. What have you learned from this episode so far, Jimmy? <laughs> uh -oh. I'm not sure I got much to say. <laughs> <laughs> we all heard Darlene Keating said she was clear-headed, said she'd do it again even. Of course, I guess anybody who'd say that at her own trial is anything but clear-headed. I've been trying the last few days to get her to act sorry. But she didn't kill the guy out of sorrow. She was angry. And I suddenly realized we've all been trying to take that anger away from her. And she's been trying to tell me, and yesterday you, she's entitled to it. A man raped her, brutally raped her. If she's entitled to anything, it's anger. Did it justify revenge? No. The law doesn't permit that. But the law doesn't demand that she conceal her rage either. The law doesn't say, keep your anger to yourself. The law doesn't say, let everybody see you cry. I've been wanting to turn her into a victim because that's how we're comfortable looking at women who get raped. Victims. Ashamed. Darlene Keating is nobody's victim. Not mine, not yours, not Justin Fitzpatrick's. Did she have the legal right to kill the man who raped her? No. But she lost herself that night, ladies and gentlemen. I think she's still lost. A man forced himself inside her 
and kept pushing himself and pushing himself, and she reacted with severe anger, rage. Who wouldn't? You been there? You? We're all sitting here, projecting what's a normal reaction to being raped, expecting her to just cry. How about call the police? Applies to Lucy's story as well. That's a normal reaction. Revenge murder isn't. Victims of violent crimes don't get a free pass to commit homicides, ladies and gentlemen. And for the record, rage hadn't overcome this woman's state of mind. She washed herself first. She sat on her monitors. bed calmly. She was calm yeah. when the police got there. If anything, she acted with a lot of poise. By her very own testimony, she acted out of revenge. Some of you may be cheering for her. I get that. I mean, there's one less rapist on the street because of Darlene Keating. Emotionally, vigilanteism often feels good. Batman. But as much as you might be glad that Justin Fitzpatrick is dead, as much as it gives you satisfaction that this bastard got his due, the only question you have to ask yourself is, do you really think that she didn't know right from wrong when she pulled that trigger? Be honest with this court. Be honest with yourself. Fascinating. Yeah. They're allowing me to surrender you at the courthouse. At least you won't be hauled in in handcuffs. I can't believe this is happening. Alan, I'll handle the arraignment, but then you're well, going to have to get you assaulted. But if she doesn't work here anymore, it doesn't matter. Women. No one here is going to be challenging Lucy in court. We tried to settle this without a fight, but now that it is one. Could you recommend somebody? I prefer. I know this murderer. His name is Joey Herrick. If you can track him down, he he's is really excellent. He's a talker. He's a gr <laughs> great talker. Or not to. Will I be convicted? You said the settlement conference is sealed, right? It's it's her word against mine. Yes, but I'm sure they're hoping other women will come forward. This isn't fair. <laughs> what? I know I brought it on myself, but Bobby, I never hurt anybody. Alan, you did. You gave her an infection. Leave aside the sexual assault. Leave it's, it aside. When they're so big, I I have to work so close. I hover right over them when I'm working. They're, they're right there. This is the monologue I wouldn't touching. do. I just need Upshot. to touch them. So what Dylan McDermott is giving us right here is I fucked up here because this guy is fucking nuts. And to be fair, he wasn't. This is only like thirty percent creepier than he has already been directly to Bobby. Yeah, and I always have to like play the scene out in my head without the underscoring and without the camera angles. <laughs> it's just these two guys. You'd be like, "Look, I've got cousins too, and they've done some." Well, actually, I shouldn't talk about my cousins. My cousins are pretty. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, abort! Abort! Helen, you did more than touch them. I just held it in my... None of my cousins, I should state, uh, <laughs> have anything even remotely close to this guy, so... <laughs> Do I have any cousins? I don't know. We're Italian. Everybody's your cousin. <laughs> my hand? 
And it was so beautiful. Oh. Lucy, she's a little, little girl with... They're so beautiful. Alan, um... Holy shit. I'll see you through the arraignment, but then... You need to find other counsel. I never meant to hurt her. I hope this guy had other stuff to put on his reel at this point. Oh yeah, no, he's he's worked a lot. Okay, great, because this one you might just want to put toward the back end. Well, he he'd already done thirty one episodes of uh, of Chicago Hope, so he was an established okay, actor good. now. Good, good. It's verdict time for Jimmy's case. Will the defendant please rise? Madam Foreperson, you've reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. What say you? Case number 4251, Commonwealth versus Darlene Keating. On the charge of murder in the second degree, we find the defendant, Darlene Keating, guilty. Shit. Members of the jury, this concludes your service. Oh, I... You're dismissed. Bailiff, take the defendant into I'm custody. I'm surprised. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, jury nullification is hard. We're definitely going to have to uh, go back and debate Phoenix's question about uh, results versus effort. Well, to be honest, I mean... In all the cases we've won with jury nullification, the the council has been on board from the get, right? Jimmy sort of joined the jury nullification team a little late to the game there. Yeah, well, he had to call a pretty significant audible. Mm -hmm. But he gave a hell of a closing. Too little too late? Well, she's going to prison, so... Stay tuned for the oopsies. Ooh, some weird B-roll. <laughs> Case number 62463, wow, Commonwealth versus Alan Nettle, sexual battery. Bobby Donald for the defendant, Your Honor. Wayne Charles Breeding. Cooper's back Alan as Gale the judge. For the Commonwealth, Your Honor, Smoky I'd like smokes. to wrap this up right here. I'll be my guest. Courts adjourn till tomorrow. He's awesome. Look, plead guilty to misdemeanor battery. I'll recommend straight probation conditioned on counseling. Really? Lucy okay with that? She just wants a guilty finding. We'll take it. Well, let me consult my client, but we'll take it. Okay. This could be over before it starts. Plead guilty, no time, no fine, conditioning on counseling. It'll be disposed of in five minutes. What's the catch? Well, you plead guilty, you will have a record. But the damage of a trial, even if you were acquitted, would probably be worse. I just had to touch them. Alan. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. David, we get it. He's despicable. You don't need to keep reinforcing it. <laughs> Can I talk to you for a second? It's Fuck okay. Off. Case is over. Brave girl. I know. You turned down $85,000 for a guilty finding? Last year when I was videotaped in my shower. Okay. And now this when I'm at the dentist. Nice. Bobby, I feel so powerless. I needed to do something. 
I mean, I couldn't just sit around and let people make it less bad. I needed, I don't know, power of my own. I needed him to be found guilty in court. I wanted and to I do something And I believe would be him. declared a sex offender. Okay. And quitting? Intern, when did Megan's I law begin? I wanted to do something to you. We were also doing it to Eleanor, Eugene. They fought for you here. Lindsay, Rebecca, Jimmy, these people who you once thought so resisted you have come to love you. What Eleanor said about people in our office sticking by each other? Well, they were all sticking by you in this. Not me. Didn't you see and that? And they should have been. I did. Don't leave us, Lucy. What we are. You're part of it. If I come back, I want to be made full partner. How about senior partner? Hey, you made Rebecca partner when she wasn't a lawyer. Don't think I've forgotten that. Yeah, well, here's a tip. Forget it. Timing was right for me to try. <laughs> so good. I am sorry. Oh, with those baby blues? All right, I'll come back for Eleanor and Eugene and everyone else. You can still work on me. You know, founding sponsor, yeah. Keith, Leanne writes, is catching up. And she did say, yes, uh, intern, I asked you to look up when Megan's Law went into effect. Uh, sorry, speaking of Megan's Law, now I'm going to go back to Leanne writes. Leanne. Speak, speaking of, like, not the, you're... <laughs> You're referring to your wife as intern. <laughs> anyway, Leanne writes, asked, uh, or recently poo-pooed, well, I forget what episode she was watching, but she realized, oh, it was the season finale, season three, because Bobby proposed to Lindsay, and uh, Leanne writes had to give up her dream of a Bobby-Lucy romance. Uh... She had been pulling for Team Bobby-Lucy, even though... Uh, Keith oh. was very anti that plot line. Shipping Bobby Lucy. All right. Fair enough. And uh, we will be revisiting the partner issue. Lucy? In your lifetime, not mine. Please or lobby. Be with me in charge. You already in Lucy, charge. I like. Boopsy. <laughs> no, maybe not boobsy. Oh, now we're at Jimmy. I 1994, guess Megan's Law. Thank you, Jen. So, yes. Yeah, so then he would, uh, buy, I, th I believe... That was nationwide. That was federal, right? So federal, I think. So, yeah. So he will be labeled a sex offender, sex which offender. does is bad. It has huge consequences, and I'd certainly like his dental practice. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that would affect that, but I imagine it would have pretty serious consequences. It's not unprecedented to get a murder two converted to manslaughter at sentencing. It's a long shot, but we did it once. I'm going to do the research. Also, you might have grounds on appeal. The judge not letting me off. You and I were so incompatible. It could be reversible error. Another long shot. In the meantime, I've ordered up the transcript to see if I can find anything else. Why? You were court appointed. You did your job. Well, got to see it through. Be professional about it. I'll let you know, okay? 
This was a great arc for Jimmy again. Thank you. Jimmy's great, like, Jimmy learns episodes. Because, <laughs> you know, he's like almost a Sesame Street character I'm just going to say, he's like Grover. <laughs> Grover. And she finally breaks down. Finally breaks. Her jail cell. Wow, we had quite an episode today. Quite an arc. Wow. Quite an arc. And uh, it leaves us with the important task. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, they're a fake awards show that begins with... Well, the two ways you can look at it this week, and it brings us back to that discussion we had about results and how to view these results. There's two there's two lawyers in play for me today. One is okay. Jim, Jimmy Berluti, who who lost, but who is continuing to fight, even though they made such a big point about how he didn't want to be he didn't want this case and he did his job already. Does he have to see it through? Is he doing that? Would he be doing that? Because he learned something and he's got great morals or he, because he's being professional or both. So that's something to consider. Number two, we could also talk about the prosecutor. Actually, there's three three heads to this monster. Talk about the prosecutor who put her away, who is Jessica, Jessalyn Giz... Gilsig is the actress. Yes, and I'm talking about ADA Jennifer. That's yeah. she's cr- credit, cr- credited as ADA Jennifer. ADA Jennifer. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, not to be confused with intern Jennifer. No, no. Also, not at all. I should state, especially today, I need to state intern Jennifer is not just our intern, but maybe maybe the greatest wife who's ever been wifed. She is. I just wanted to take a minute to talk about what an honor it is to be her <laughs> husband, <laughs> and just. Oh, I guilted you into this. Just, she's just so great. I want to specifically state today that she's the greatest wife. And if she's the greatest wife, that must make me the greatest husband. Now, I, I, I also, Objection. I also <laughs> want to mention Helen Gamble, who, when everyone was just trying to convince Lucy to take the money and that that's a great outcome for this, Helen was a great friend, a great prosecutor, willing to prosecute a rapist with, which we know is a tough prosecution, uh, on Lucy's word. And the combination of loyalty and knowing she could take a lot of lumps, and that's a lot of work to do to prosecute someone for rape. Right, especially with something without a lot of corroborating evidence. I think, you know what I think that supersedes, to me at least, that's like Friday Night Lights, man. She showed heart. 
I want to give it to Helen. Yeah, you know what? I actually on this time I agree with you. I I I really do think I Helen stood up, did the right thing, did the hard thing, got it done. And uh, you know, just did good Helening and Helen Helen can be uh she can, can go either way, being good or evil. <laughs> she sure so can. Con- congratulations to good Helen for your oopsie award. All right, coming up next. Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. I think probably know where I'm going with this, so I'm going to let you take the lead. Yeah, well, I would like to give an honorable mention, certainly for the bravest actor. Absolutely. For Bob Bancroft, who, uh, boy, did they, they went the full cartoon route with the, like, disgustingness of his character. And he fully committed to it and did a, uh, as a believable job as you can with that absolutely ridiculous dialogue. So, uh, honorable mention to Bob Bancroft, but clearly this is Karina Logue's episode. Uh, she carried a lot of, uh, weight in this and I thought did a really terrific job, uh, understated yet intense and, uh, really good storytelling. So that's who I'm voting for. Yeah. And now, oh man, I'm really going to tread lightly here because I mean no offense to anyone. A lot of times, this particular slot, what is asked of these guest actors is to put on the waterworks, to play the victim, to really, you know, be traumatized and in a very specific way, right. a very, you know, tropey kind of ways. And they're pretty much uniformly excellent as we talk about every week. But this, she wasn't given a lot of that. She was given a strength and a defiance, which... You what know, the whole episode was about. Yeah, which is 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 really difficult to play that whilst keeping the the undercurrent of having been victimized. And she, I just thought, was so badass. And just her facial acting. You know, if this is if you if you generally just listen along and don't watch the episodes, this is a great one to to watch her physical acting because a lot of that facial sternness really portrays so much, and that's such a such a gift when you have the ability to act like that. So, yes, congratulations to Karina Logue. Excellent winner for the Oopsie this week. And now... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Michael Badalucco gave a great performance this week. Cast-wide, great performances. But once again, I don't think it can be understated how excellent Marla Sokolov is in this episode. She showed that defiance that I just kind of described in Karina Logue, but also played a victim, played a friend, played a friend being hurt by friends, played a girlfriend talking to her boyfriend in a really difficult kind of conversation when a, right when it could have been, I thought maybe it's still kind of, they were playing it for comedy, but she grounded it the whole way. Uh, just absolutely 
love Marla Sokolov in this episode. Yeah, no, I, I thought she did, did an excellent job. Um, I think I'm going to split with you and give my half to Michael Badalucco, uh, who I thought just, you know, he doesn't, he's not often called to do angry. And he, and he does it well. And I and I thought I just I thought his closing was super, super strong. Uh, so we have. Uh, so I think uh, I think we're going to split. So congratulations. Uh, taking nothing away from Marla at all. That was great. And, I, and, and it, as usual, every time I see a character who doesn't always get a lead arc, get one, I'm like, oh, I want to see more from them. And then every time they pass it around like, no, I want to see more from everyone. So I guess apparently I want there to be eight, eight hour long episodes. Also but, pulling off, pulling off that last beat where she takes her job back without, but still keeping the strength that she built by quitting is not an easy thread, uh, yeah. needle to thread. And somehow she was able to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations to Marla and Michael on your fake awards. Coming up next, the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. My world is crazy right now with quarantine. So many things converging. So not only am I watching Tom Brady on TV laughing because he sort of like jumped the shark, but was, was I can't see him as actual human being, excellent, legendary Hall of Fame uh, athlete anymore. I can only see him as the character caricature we've created for him on this show. <laughs> And yesterday, in during that golf tournament, was this character we've created playing in a celebrity golf tournament? It was ah, it was incredible. That is funny. And then last night, we watched Beetlejuice, and that scene at the end where they do where Otho does the the seance and brings the husband and wife, uh, Gina Davis and Alan Alec Baldwin into the their wedding clothes. You know, they're kind of right. And Gina Davis in that scene is Lucy wearing Bobby's dead mom's grandma uh, bed, bed, <laughs> wedding dress. It's the same wedding dress. It, it looks like it was cr my my brain just started to melt. Lucy with. wearing Bobby's dead mom's grandma. <laughs> so she goes with like a 200 year old corpse, unzips her, puts her on. That's what it looks like, actually. Exactly that. Um, <laughs> because they turn old member. Anyway. What is the question? Uh, who wins the Tom Brady Award right, for being right, Tom right, Brady? Right, 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 right. Um, I think we have to just go the full meta. And this week, the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady is Tom Brady playing in a celebrity golf tournament during quarantine. How about Tom Brady shanking in a celebrity <laughs> golf tournament, Tom Brady? Fair. <laughs> Before he made the shot, frustrated... Yeah, demoralized talking golfing. shit on a <laughs> yeah absolutely Hit it. okay so congratulations to demoralized bad at golf tom brady for <laughs> 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 your tom brady word for being tom brady all right it's time ladies and gentlemen it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets now it wasn't as epic as uh, Oz or Legacy, right? But it was the most grounded for me, and the most serious. It took its it took its subject matter the most seriously for me, and didn't try to like it didn't characterize it towards the end or right. 
The acting was excellent. I thought it was a beautifully shot episode in many ways. Mm. The close-ups really worked for me, with the exception of that weird flashback, as always. But even that one was handled the best. And like you mentioned earlier, and maybe this is just Monday morning quarterbacking, but I thought the feminine touch in the writing was pretty palpable. And I thought it helped the episode and helped the sort of framing of the viewpoint. What I'm saying, Keith, is I really liked it. I'm going to give it an 8.25 spare tires. 8.25. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. And I think what I liked about this, because we've had a lot of episodes uh, with uh, assault with abuse with especially a lot of like sexual assault episodes and i was really happy to have a new point of view on it this episode something new to say on the subject um and and like you said having having a female voice on the writing team i think helped to contribute something that we haven't seen yet so i really appreciated that um the the dentist thing i i think that's a it's a it's a good story. I think he was written mm, yeah. so cartoonishly. It was not performed that way. I I thought Bob Bancroft right. really handled that as as well as you possibly could. But some of those lines are like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 pretty scene chewy, cartoonishly bad, uh, evil bad guy. But I do think it's a it's it's a good episode. It's it's a better than average episode. Um with some good performances. So I'm going to give it 7.75, which gives us an average of eight, which is a, uh, a very good episode. I'm happy with that. All right. Well, folks, you have gotten your way through this episode of the out of practice podcast. If you liked this, if you hated this, if you have any opinions or no opinions, please do us a favor and join the jury and leaving us leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service. We will be so happy to welcome you to the jury. It's my turn to talk. If you'd like to leave us any dollars, you can do so by clicking in the show notes and leave us a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. Become a founding member with Cloud Lover69 and Leanne Wright's because believe it or not, we do put a little bit of money into this shit show that we bring you every week. Or turn those dollars and donate to the ongoing COVID crisis or any of your charity of choice to celebrate the men and women who are taking care of us now and have taken care of us in the past. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. In addition, we close out the Keith birthday celebration. Happy birthday, Keith. We're not mentioning it anymore. God damn it, it's over. It's over. It's over. If you would like to comment on anything that we have done, you can reach out to us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com or leave us, a, leave us a note on Instagram or Facebook at Out of Practice Podcast. And go out and enjoy the rest of your social distance Memorial Day. Get yourself a musket, load it with your favorite laser, and laser sound. Laser sound! Yeah.